Hey everyone, this is Scott Goldberg, director and writer and producer of The Forest Hills, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Squad podcast. This is episode number 278. Tonight we're talking about 2023's Renfield, which is currently streaming on VOD and I think it's still in the theaters in some network or some little parts of the world. I'm going to co host Todd. We have Joe and we have Steve, who's going to tell you about a special interview we have. That's right. So I uh, got the opportunity to talk to the writer uh, slash director of the film The Forest Hills which was playing in some festivals, including Salem Horror Fest. So thank you very much to them for giving us the opportunity for both the interview and seeing the film. It won't be released anytime soon, I don't think, though. So no one else is going to be able to watch it. In fact, as you'll hear on the interview, it sounds like the version that Joe and I watched will probably never see the light of day again because they're doing massive reshoots, adding a bunch of horror, recutting everything. Uh, yeah, that's Scott Goldberg. Very, very interesting interview. If you are at all interested in indie film, the process, the troubles that something like that could entail, um, fascinating dude, great story. So check it out at the end of the episode. Very cool. And Joe, you have a special announcement, right? I do. Very, very exciting news, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news this Saturday night, Proving Ground Independent Wrestling in Peabody, Massachusetts, for anyone that wants to go, provinggroundstore.com. Tickets are available. We have sponsored a wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. So when they come to the ring, they are going to say, the Horror Squad podcast presents the Mind Eraser, Mike Graca. He is going to be be in a $5,000 bounty match against Calvin Campbell, known as Foxy. Calvin Campbell. So big shout out to our wrestler this week, the mind eraser. I hope he kills it. We'll let you know the results. Hopefully he wins the match for us, but yeah, so we'll keep you guys up to date on that, but uh, very exciting. I'm hoping someone maybe can take, I'm going to ask one of the wrestler or the team, if they can kind of take a video of it so we can post it on our socials. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend the event, but uh yeah, pretty fun. So shout out to them, Proven Ground Wrestling. We're excited to sponsor the Mind Eraser this Saturday night. It's exciting, so, man. Yeah, so if because we're his sponsor, if he wins, don't we get 50% of the profit? We should, we should. <laughs> right? You're mine for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both three minutes already. of me time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I'll put, so I'll also I'll also post a picture of a, a wrestler over on our Discord. Amazing. So head over to the Discord to check it out. That's mm-hmm. amazing, man. Let's go, Mind Eraser. <laughs> All right, what watched? So uh, just Joe and I this week, because Todd once again watched nothing. <laughs> he just sits around and does dad stuff. Slacker. Just, yeah, what a slacker. <laughs> uh, so my first one is uh, from 2019, and I watched this one over on Tubi. And it's called The Hole in the Ground. So this story is about a mom and her son, and they're kind of just living their life, you know, in a cabin near near a forest. And, you know, things are pretty normal. But all of a sudden, uh, her son goes missing, and she goes to chase him through the woods. And she's, as she's trying to find him, she sees a gigantic hole in uh, the middle of the forest, 
doesn't quite know what it is. It's weird, but she kind of just shrugs it off to go find her son. And then she finds out that her son is actually back home. So, you know, no harm, no foul. But then she starts to realize that her son is not quite acting like he usually is. She thinks that there's something wrong with him. And a whole mystery ensues as to, is it actually her son? Is it just someone pretending to be her son? And there's a bunch of stuff like paranormal stuff happening and that kind of uh, that kind of film, you know? I think the movie started off really well. Uh, it introduced uh, like an interesting mystery. I was really curious as to what that gigantic hole in the ground was. Uh, there was also some really creepy shit. It's well shot. You see not many, but a few characters kind of pop into the story. There's this one woman in particular who seems to be out of her mind and her husband is kind of trying to control her. And all of a sudden they find her body without a head and it becomes kind of this mystery, which comes back to play later. And then at her awake, there's some creepy shit happening there. Uh, there's uh, some good stuff in this. Uh, it's very tense. It's like really well done in a way. It's well acted, all that stuff. But unfortunately, I feel like the last act really doesn't de deliver. It goes into like familiar territory of movies I've seen where a mom uh, doesn't trust her son. And I've seen that trope kind of play out more than a few times in the last uh, like five years, I'd say. And it's too bad because it was an interesting kind of setup and story, but it just didn't go anywhere interesting, in my opinion. So not a bad film, but I was disappointed overall. So I give two and a half stars out of five. Mm -hmm. Did you watch that because Lee Cronin directed it? That's Blue correct. Rise? That's yeah. right. That's exactly yeah. what, it, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, w I would agree with your assessment. I watched that a while back too. I think I gave it a three out of five. Pretty similar score. All right. Uh, I just I didn't watch much this week, but I have been keeping up with Yellow Jackets. I said I think four or five weeks ago, you know, that it I wasn't very impressed so far. Well. Now that we're about seven episodes in, I got to say the show has definitely improved greatly. Um, the writing has definitely improved after the first couple episodes and the storylines have finally started to pick up. Uh, yeah, the show is uh, it's on the right track again. I, like, I'm very excited to see now where the season is going to go. Great performances. Uh, they threw in uh, Elijah Wood has come into it this season and also... God, I can't remember her name, but she was from, uh, she's from Servant, which is a show I um, highly regarded overall as well. But yeah, um, so I would say jump on Yellow Jackets if you haven't yet. Season one was, I thought, fantastic. And this season is trending in the right direction. I think there's probably only maybe two or three episodes left in the season. Um, you know, if you're into sort of like Lost, I would, I guess I would compare it to sort of like a, you know, a ver sort of a more horror version of Lost. So yeah, I would check it out. Uh, it's on Showtime. Uh, you can check it out there. I don't think it's available anywhere else. So you're going to have to suck it up and get some Showtime if you want to watch it. That sounds good. And in Canada, it's on Crave. So if any Canadians are listening. So my last one this week is a 2023 film that I watched over on Shudder. It's called From Black. So this is another story of a mom and her son. Apparently uh, the Mother's Day was really, uh, which we just passed when we were recording this, was resonating with me this week. So she's a drug addict and she's like out of her mind. She's passed out and her son tries to wake her up. He, she can't because she's so like kind of drugged up and he just leaves and they never find him again. And then 
it takes place like years later she's in counseling she's clean she's sober but the kind of haunting of having lost her son is still very much a presence in her life uh, her sister who's a cop is trying to help her out through it and all that kind of stuff and then uh, the boy's father shows back up and says he knows of a way to maybe get her son back and that way involves some witchcraft type uh, stuff where they're making you know symbols on the floor uh, there's a giant kind of um, circle of salt and so they start doing kind of that stuff reading from a book and suddenly this kind of dark figure starts following her around and is she gonna get her son back is it all a ploy who knows i guess you'll have to watch the movie to find out uh, this very much feels like an a24 type film it's got that kind of really dark feeling, a little bit like the Dark and the Wicked, like that kind of vibe to it. The uh, the creature or the demon thing that kind of starts showing its way in the film, I'd say halfway through, very great design, really creepy. Uh, and it's cool how at first it's like far away, almost like the bride in Insidious, when you see pictures of Dalton when he's a kid and the bride's like, really far back and slowly getting closer uh, it's kind of like that feeling where the demon's getting closer to her as they do more of those um kind of spell sessions and there's some great things in this movie the main actress anna camp who most people would know from pitch perfect probably gives my favorite female performance of the year so far a uh, very very good performance as the drug the formerly drug addicted uh, mother and uh, there's some creepy shit in this, like truly some creepy scenes, which I really enjoyed. My big issue with it is that I feel the end was rushed. It's a slow burn film that really kind of escalates throughout the film. And then it just ends like abruptly. And that that's kind of a shame because they were setting up something really cool. There's also a thing where they jump back and forth in time where it goes back to when she was drug addict. Then it goes forward where the events of the film kind of already happened and she's in the hospital. Then it goes back to where like the meat of the story happens and it jumps back between those different timelines. And sometimes it was a bit confusing as to what timeline they were in and like how it all relates together. I kind of think this movie would have been a better linear story and just kind of go up the momentum there. But still, I think it's a solid film, not like one of the best, but something that was memorable. And I think at least worth watching, especially if you're a fan of slow burn. So that's from Black over on um, Shutter, and I gave it three out of five stars. Sounds good. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. It could be hit and miss. I don't know how you're going to feel about yeah. it. it. Depends like your right. mood and all that stuff. But it's at least worth watching, right? It's in it's in your wheelhouse at the very least. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So before we get on to our next segment, how about a little bit of Joe? Ooh. And by Joe, I mean some coffee. <laughs> so with our uh, ad from Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, trivia? Yes. 
All right, the scores for quarter two are as follows. Myself in a commanding lead with 20 points. Steve and Joe both tied second place with 12. Let's freaking go. I'm starting off. Are you guys ready? Dracula. When was it published and by what author? Oh, so Bram Stoker. Okay. When Let's was it published? 1859. 1859. So Joe, you automatically get Bram Stoker. Stoker. So what do you what's your guess on the uh Bram Stoker? You did 1859, Steve? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty old. It's pretty I know old. That. Yeah. Final, <laughs> final answer. Um God, I I feel like Steve's in the right ballpark. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go 1845. Steve wins by default. It is 1897. All right. Amazing. Yeah, I'm currently reading it too. Trying nice. again for the second time. It's pretty dry. Yeah, it's 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 got that old timey like yeah. text and it's not run on sentences to... for like three pages. So like God damn. Exactly. All right. I will go next. Okay. It is our favorite category, or at least mine. Oh. Guess the movie based off the IMDb parental guide. Ooh. Love it. We begin with sex and nudity. Oh yeah. A woman is briefly seen performing oral sex on a man while he is kissing another woman simultaneously. Yes. Although no nudity is shown, we see a woman bobbing her head up and down, making the act very obvious. Her hair is big and covers any nudity fully. We see the man leaning his head back in pleasure. As one does. Violence and gore. The protagonist is locked in an Iron Maiden-like device and his wrists are cut by blades. Blood pours from his wrists and fills the screen explicitly. Mm, um, it's... Um, no, go ahead. Keep going. Profanity. This is an R-rated movie, so swearing is heard. Strong language is used, such as frequent uses of the F-bomb, but other mild swearing is used such as uses of S-word is used a few times. S-word. <laughs> S-word. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is probably the giveaway, I would say. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. The main character injects himself a serum, which is seen as nominated several times. Can you repeat that sentence, sir? The main character injects himself a serum, which is seen and nominated several times. Reanimator? Wrong. So you get one more, Todd, before you get okay. this frightening and intense scenes. Some moments are disturbing and intense, such as the sacrifice plus skeleton scene and the head body explosion scenes. Um, I guess I'll go scanners because I can't think of anything. Wrong. Mm-hmm. One more guess. Um, was it Bram Stoker's Dracula? Wrong. Joe, you want one more guess? Mm. I got nothing. All right. So I was thinking of Blade. Uh... It, it popped in there too, man. I should, have, <laughs> I should have said it. Stop doubting myself. Yep. All right, Joe. All righty. Shout out to Katie over Katie. on our Discord. She sent me this trivia question. Cool. And I think it's one we've actually had before, but it's been a long time. So Oof. we'll see if you guys can get it this time. In the original Pet Cemetery. What song is the truck driver listening to before he hits Gage? Oh, man. 
I'll, it's a tough one. It's a bit of a tough one, so I'll even take the artist if you don't want to name the song. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Who have they got the rights to? <laughs> not, not a lot. <laughs> not in the 80s. Um, Marvin Gaye. No. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I don't know. Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> so mm. stupid. Fortunately, not. Uh, the correct answer is Sheena is a punk rocker by the band The Ramones. Mm. Oh. I would not have. Oh yeah, is this King well. like a big Ramones fan? Yeah. Well, shit the bed. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Who travels to Dracula's castle to make a property deal? Oh, um, oh fuck, is it Renfield? Incorrect. Um, What's his name? God damn it! Mm, I know mm. this. Dig, dig deep. <laughs> but I don't. Oh boy, <laughs> it is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> e- Igor. Kind of correct, Steve, but come on. I know. I just don't. Uh, Van Helsing. <laughs> No, he kills fucking. I know, I know. I just, I can't think of his name. All right, his name is Jonathan Harker. That's it. Johnny ah. Harker. <laughs> yes. All right. Regular questions from here on out. All right. What was the name of John Travolta's character in the Fanatic? Oh man. I, I saw a reference to that movie recently, and I'm I love that just, movie. I know we we all love that movie. <laughs> Hey man, great. you want to play? You want to listen to some Limp Biscuit? <laughs> uh, <yeah>. I, <laughs> I gotta take a shit. A <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I totally forget his name. Make another movie because that movie was fucking pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh well, I don't think it, I wasn't received all that well. I don't think. Despite us, despite us pushing it like massively yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, his name's Isaac. Wrong. No. I'll, tell you, I'll give you guys one guess. It's not a common name. Right. <laughs> it's not like a Steve, David, Joe, Todd. You know, it's like no. a Todd's definitely not a common name. But uh yeah, I don't know. Isaac was my father. Yeah. I can't remember. Right. I don't remember it. fucking the other was... guy's name. I don't remember any name. His name was Moose. Oh, Moose. it was Moose. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Dang it. That's right. That's awesome. Good, good movie, man. <laughs> I know. I, that's why I, I only brought it back so we could like refresh people's minds and check it out because it's, it's actually pretty good. Maybe we'll get a bump. That's Hopefully. Some, sometimes happens. Joe. Alrighty. I got, I forget who sent this, so my apologies, but someone did send me three letterbox reviews. So shout out to them. Put it in the Discord so I can give you credit next week. All right. Three letterbox reviews. Guess the movie. This movie is the cinematic equivalent of accidentally touching someone's greasy hair. Well, I mean, the obvious one. Both jumped in. Keep going. Number two. Maniac? Correct. Nice. <laughs> yes. It had Maybe to be. <laughs> like, if it's not Greasy Strangler, it had to be something with him. I love I guess that. I shouldn't have started with that one. He has his own segment in um, In Search of Darkness, Volume 3. Does he? Which oh, nice. I was so happy about. Sweet, they, yeah, they do, like, a spotlight on uh, on him and some of the movies he's been in. That's cool. Not the Undertaker, unfortunately. Oh, I was gonna ask. Yeah, which I was so bummed about. <laughs> and I actually, when I sponsored that uh, that movie, uh, that I put it in as a suggestion suggestion for things to talk about, but I guess it was too obscure. <laughs> All right, last okay. round. Okay, final question: What is Blade's full name? Oh Christ! I was just looking it's at tough, it. Tough <laughs> night, man. Tough, tough night. Tough night. I will. I will even accept just the first name. Wesley. 
<laughs> Mr. Snipes to you. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. It's, why are we uh, giving each other why are Ron... we giving character name questions? We know we're all awful about this shit. Is, <laughs> his name is Eric. Oh Eric, that's right. Eric Brooks, but Eric, yeah. Yeah. I used to read his <laughs> comics when I was a kid. Uh anyway, that just got canceled too. <laughs> what, what? Just got canceled too, or at least the comics? Just, no, the um, the movie. The movie? The no, movie. it's just they're just waiting for the writer strike to be over to go back on. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. All right. In the platform, which just announced a sequel recently, which I'm oh, very yes. excited about. Same. What was Goring's favorite dish? That's the main. Um, name. he was snails. Correct. Snails yeah, or, yeah, or escargot. How did it take? Escargot. Good work. He liked them snails. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Is that was an be... unexpected sequel. Like. <laughs> It was good, man. Is it yeah. going to be like um, seconds or something like that? It's got to be something I, I, to do with food. They didn't say. They just said platform two, and they showed pictures of it coming cool. to Netflix soon. So oh, definitely have to cover it because that was my favorite movie in 2019. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. All Last one of the night. Let's do it. I'm doing three letter box reviews again. Oh, okay. I didn't come up with any originals this week. So shout <laughs> out once again to. The person I forget. Nice. <laughs> okay. Number one. Uh, I mean, it's a movie where a bunch of horny teens get killed, and there's not much more to it than that. That is uh, very Star broad. Yeah, that's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1980s is correct. Uh, right. Okay. Number two. They really need to invest in a wheelchair ramp. Um, oh, Friday the 13th. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh, is Steve correct? Part two, yeah. What'd you say? Friday the 13th. <laughs> Which part, one? Part two. Yeah. Part two, you are yeah. correct. Yes. Nice. Dang it. And Man, it, 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 could have been, it could have been. Te- oh, no, but there's yeah. no teens. Like, yeah. really, yeah. Well, the one that. Yeah, I guess and so. then the last one would probably give it away. Hot take alert. The bag is also cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Good night for Steve. Three points. Bad night for Todd, one point. Terrible night for Joe, zero points. Which brings us to myself, 21. Steve, 15. Joe, 12 for quarter. Number two. 10 points in three weeks. I'm making my comeback. It's coming back. I think I have goose egg two weeks in a row now. Yeah. It's it's this this afternoon start time, I think. Maybe. 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 (laughs) It was night last time, though. It's no excuse. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We did night last week. All right, let's talk about Renfield. Uh, tagline here, sucks to be him. Directed by Mr. Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie. He did a Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt, which is on Prime like two years ago. Having grown sick and tired of his centuries as Dracula's lackey, Renfield finds a new lease on life and maybe even redemption. When he falls feisty. When, what? When he falls for feisty? Perennial, uh, I'm going to skip this, all right? So we are joining Renfield and Dracula. Played by the double Nicholas's, Nicholas Holt, who's amazing. Nicholas Cage was amazing. Nicholas Cage playing the title Dracula character. And we learn about their relationship through the many, many years that they're together. And it always goes the route of Dracula becomes too powerful. He he makes a name for himself. And then you have Dracula hunters come and try to kill him. And Ren, with the help of Renfield, uh, Dracula and Renfield end up winning. But then they have to abandon their estate and go somewhere else. Eventually, this brings them all the way to Florida. And at this point, like... All the nobility, all the money, all the notoriety is gone. Dracula has nothing. He's in like a decrepit, abandoned um, hospital, and they're living off fucking, they're living in squalor, basically, right? But Dracula's still an asshole. 
he's really mean to Renfield. Renfield has a heart, but he also feels like, I mean, he's a slave to Dracula, right? Uh, we learned that Renfield gets a little bit of Dracula's powers by eating, I guess, supernatural bugs. And then he turns into kind of like a super killer guy. And basically, we're just following Renfield as he goes around town getting victims for Dracula. Also, trying to deal with like the shame and the want of wanting to be someone bigger than he is and not a slave and not like just Dracula's lackey. Which brings us to the help group that uh, Renfield joined. It's like a support group for people that have uh, bad relationships with their loved ones or whatever. So in order to make him feel good about himself, when he listens to like the support group, they're complaining. Like, for example, someone complains about their, their boyfriend. He decides that, all right, I'm going to make her boyfriend, who's a bad guy, quote unquote, Dracula's the next victim. So he kind of falls in with this group and it gives him support to eventually uh, try to move away from Dracula. And we'll leave it at that. Overall, my initial thoughts were like, man, I was having a lot of fun with this one. There was like moments where I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is awesome. And then it would kind of lose a little bit of steam with some of like the, the plot devices there. But I think when Renfield and Dracula are on screen together, especially Nick Cage, like Nicholas Holt is amazing as Renfield, but I thought Nick Cage was freaking awesome. And when those guys are on, on the camera together and they're doing their thing, I thought it was amazing. The stuff on the side, though, is a little bit iffy. So I'm a little bit torn with that. But those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, I, I overall, like my expectations weren't very high going into this, but I ended up coming out mainly positive. I had a lot of fun watching this. You know, obviously there's problems. I do agree with Todd. I really don't think the mafia family side plot was really necessary. When Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt are together or when just Nicolas Cage is on screen, that is definitely the most, the best part of this movie. And I, I just wish that they just focused on, we didn't need another villain really. Like just Dracula was all that was really needed. So I just kind of wish it was, you know, maybe Nicholas Holt and kind of maybe the, even though I didn't even really love the Aquafina side storyline either. I just wish maybe it was the, you know, the three of them sort of, you know, Aquafina and Nicholas Holt's character, Renfield, uh, just kind of banding together to fight uh, Nicholas Cage's Dracula rather than the whole crime family side plot. But overall, it, it's a lot of fun. Most of the comedy hit for me. So, and Nicholas Cage, I think, absolutely killed it, I, you know, as Dracula. So, yeah, overall, solid film. Let me interrupt really quick before Steve goes to explain a little bit more of the plot. Eventually Renfield meets a cop played by Aquafina who I had no idea who she was. And then I had to look her up because Aquafina is kind of a different name. She plays a cop that's like anti-corruption, things like that, but she's going to up against this like local crime family that gets away with everything, literally murder. And Nicholas Holt ends up uh, saving her and then they kind of form a pact. So go ahead, Steve. So on paper, this is not a good film because I thought the story was not that good at all. Like, I, I really wasn't into the story. Uh, the stuff with the mafia wasn't fun. The stuff with Aquafina, unfortunately, I don't think was super fun. I didn't really like Renfield's whole, like, support group thing. So on paper, this is a total fail. But the people who play in it, Nicolas Cage, uh, Nicholas Holt, Aquafina, are great. The action is great. It's super bloody. It's gory. So it's like a bad film on paper, but a, actually pretty good film uh, on film. So. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I had so much fun watching this. The How unique the kills are, how bloody they get. It's like really ultra blood. Uh, they even have like sniper elite type kills or Mortal Kombat type kills where you see the skeleton breaking as uh, they get like destroyed. 
Uh, they had a lot of fun with this, and you could tell. And Nicolas Cage, this is like a role he was born to play. Uh, you know, he's not playing a super serious vampire. He's kind of serious, but he's also unhinged and goofy, as people want Nicolas Cage to be, you know, kind of the meme version of Nicolas Cage. And yeah, it's just like a, it's a solid movie. And at 90 minutes, it was perfect. I think any longer than 90 minutes, it would have overstated its welcome, but it didn't. And I applauded for that. You know, it didn't it didn't need more than 90 minutes it kind of told the story it needs to tell and uh yeah i think fun is really the big word i'd use to describe this movie if you don't go in with big expectations you're i think you'll enjoy it but unfortunately the story is just wasn't that interesting to me super predictable too that's another big flaw for this film yeah popcorn flick a good yeah. a good a good date if you're in the horror and she or he's not you know it's a good date horror movie but i'm like you know one of the i think we all made fun of the nicholas cage i think it was a leak showing him as dracula like a year ago and we we're like what the hell is this but man like he was fucking great in this especially like with his slowly like regaining his form because he's drinking more blood and it gives him back his powers or whatever like when he was like falling apart he looked genuinely scary looking like i really like that look and my god the opening where they uh, interject them in the black and white sh- stuff that was like i fucking love that sequence yeah, that that was that really was like amazing. It just it looked so authentic and so cool. It like kind of blew me away. And then I agree, the fucking makeup effects on him, like when before he takes his, I, the, the fucking burn scene was just hilarious. Like that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I, like I audibly laughed. Luckily, I didn't have really anything spoiled for me, so that part really made me laugh. And then. Like, I thought we were going to go straight into his sort of Dracula form, but I loved that they did that whole ch- sort of transitioning through the makeup. It was kind of like the reverse fly uh, sequence sort of going on. And I, I fucking, it was great. They obviously had a budget because, I, you know, I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, I just, yeah, I just wish we got more of them. Like, I just feel like there, there wasn't enough. They focused way too much on other plot devices rather than letting the movie shine where it should have shined. Yeah, I agree. I loved that intro with the old-timey stuff. This whole movie was a love letter to, like, Dracula's history throughout film. It referenced a lot of, like, cliches and things that happen in previous films that we've seen with Dracula or vampires. Uh, And I think, I don't know who said it, maybe both of you, uh, the comedy was actually pretty funny at times. Like, even subtle things, like, when he's at his apartment and he sees that his mat says like welcome in or something or welcome and he's like god damn it (laughs) just like little touches like that which i thought were really really funny and it also goes a lot to both nicholas holt and uh, nicholas cage's timing you know their timing is really good and you're right i think one of the biggest flaws is they didn't get to play or riff off each other enough and that was really the most interesting thing about this film yeah the uh let's get into the whole criminal first of all the criminal subplot the the matron or whatever i'm gonna talk to you about the fucking dragon oh my god i cannot stand her I, i'm sorry but no and then <laughs> what's his name john john fucking john ralphio john ralphio <laughs> <laughs> who's one of the best characters in parks and rec they i I'm all for actors taking taking shots of something, but they just didn't really try to alter him from a, a comedic actor into this. They gave him a neck tat and made him hold a gun. But other than that, man, I was just like, John Ralphio, what's wrong, dude? What are we doing? But but it was funny at the same time, like that scene <laughs> where 
uh, Dracula like slowly reveals himself and the shot pans up as his cape is like slowly rising and then he's yeah. like Dude, it's Dracula man <laughs> yeah like just completely ruins the moment but in a funny way yeah I thought yeah. I thought it was funny I mean could have been a better role sure but I like that actor so I, I like that actor too but that whole plot is just like we've said yeah. over and over again just is is terrible it's just bad and then like i think you mentioned steve like it's so telegraphed that dracula is going to link up with john ralphio and join forces and then of course we uh, again we get into these big old fights where there's just like faceless enemies like the cops are all covered up all the goons look exactly the same when they're fighting the criminals and for me honestly like i'm a little bit reversed i thought a lot more of the comedy worked compared to the action which i didn't think worked at time it worked when renfield was high on his super insects but when aquafina was doing it i didn't buy it because there made no sense for her to be kung fu artist shit like that so like when stuff like ha- that happens I just, it just takes me out of it yeah, how do you guys it, feel it, it first you're right like the thing you could you knew exactly when they'd be setting up something for later in the film like how uh, renfield has an aunt and there happens to be a like a little kid in his uh complex was an ant colony and he like adds the ant to it it's like yeah i wonder when that's going to come back when yeah. he needs a, conveniently needs an insect to, get to eat and then it was hilarious when he's eating all of them like right. he's just pouring them into his mouth but yeah it, it's so t- is it any bug like he can grab like it, it seems to be any bug but there are like special bugs that i think he can also have it's i don't know it wasn't super clear but i think it was any bug it just they weren't as powerful so you have to eat more of them to be as powerful. you know it's like kind of that thing Try. Uh, as far as the action I, I really dug the action to be honest um I, I get what you mean though like it should have been really just renfield that had and i guess john ralphio later in the film that had those, those like that power the fact that aquafina is also almost as powerful in a weird way uh didn't make sense you know unless she got bit at some point and didn't tell us and that was like a plot point which it wasn't spoiler and uh, but i did love it because I was just excited to see how they would creatively kill more people. Uh, and they really kill some people in some really cool ways. I mean, right at the beginning when they kill, I don't know if it's like just a bishop or the pope or whatever. Uh, that was fucking excellent. You know, just his head pops off and it blows up. And then there's a point where they rip a guy's arms out and use them as weapons. And they had a lot of unique kills. And I was just smiling the whole way through. So the action worked in that regard for me. Yeah, I agree. I think like the kills really do shine. I think without these amazing kills, you're looking at a pretty mediocre movie, but I think the kills absolutely elevate this movie to a lot better movie. Yeah. I mean the fucking, when he goes like full fucking, when Renfield, you know, he's kind of trying to be like the good guy. And then he fucking gets a hold of the kids and farm which was a great scene when he breaks through and starts eating the kids and farm. That was really funny. But when he gets those bugs and just goes crazy, which is like an interesting thing. I don't think I've ever really seen that before where like he gets power through insects. That was interesting. But when he just fucking goes like ape shit on all those guys, it was fucking awesome. They weren't afraid to go crazy on the gore either for like a pretty mainstream movie, a movie that's really more geared towards comedy than horror um they weren't afraid to really bring the horror out like when he fucking ripped that go that guy's arms off and then threw him at the other two dudes and it went through the dudes amazing just fucking chef's kiss great stuff um yeah the the inventive kills definitely uh elevated this movie i, I was gonna say uh one thing that did surprise me maybe the only thing in the movie that surprised me 
is I did not expect Dracula to like wipe the fucking support group out completely, you know, and in a really bloody and gory way. I was like, okay, wow, they they had the balls to do that. I really didn't think they would. Uh, so that I mean, they kind of retcon it, which kind of sucks to be honest. But uh, yeah. I did really like that scene because that was actually a surprise to me. Yeah, I like the the doctor motivational speaker or whatever he was pretty funny too his comedic timings like when renfield's like yeah he won't come to full power he's like that's so weird why'd you say it like that but yeah it, i thought that was pretty cool um i wrote down this one line that i that made me laugh out loud was when dracula was like trying to um what is it called gaslighting when you're manipulating someone or something like that but he's talking to renfield he's like i don't ask for much redfield just the blood of a few uh, dozen innocent people and i just thought like because <laughs> he's such a fucking asshole and he like at one point tells him i want a bus full of cheerleaders i want nuns don't bring me this trash and then the whole like everyone hating ska kind of plot in the beginning was pretty funny too so there's some good shit in this man yeah so my favorite line is actually from a kind of nobody character it's from uh, aquafina's uh, partner when he says order me order me a number three the toilet's just order a number two <laughs> i thought that's such a fucking <laughs> funny line yeah so yeah there's definitely some co- some good comedy in this that you know, I laughed a few times, and that's, I don't know, it's pretty rare for me to laugh, and uh, especially horror movies, they try too hard, but this one was genuinely funny. Also, did you notice, in therapy, Jenna Cannell from Terrifier, actually, from the original Terrifier, the, are the main uh, final girl in that one, is one of the girls in therapy. She's got really short hair, so not as she recognizable. She's the one that can't tell her Exactly. Yes, exactly. Ah, yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fun little sapla. Also, I that lady like I could not place her anywhere. The mom villain uh, from John Raphael. Uh, no I, talks I, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like super. <laughs> I, I've definitely seen her in a bunch of stuff. Interestingly, she's listed as Gozer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so I'm assuming she played the voice of Probably Gozer. Voice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. She she's in uh she's in um what's that show called? Oh, The Expanse. It's like a really big sci-fi thing. She's also listed for 24. So I'm 24. I which a show I never watched with uh Kiefer Sutherland. You have 24 hours. Right. To... It was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she's like a pretty pop. I think she's a pretty famous character actor. She's I've definitely recognized her from. I just couldn't place her in what movies I've seen her in. Yeah, 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 you know, unfortunately, it's not a lot of dissect with this one. It's pretty straightforward. Um, kind of. Would you want to see a sequel? Yes, but it kind of bombed, didn't it? I don't know. I don't know how it did, honestly. Yeah, you didn't really hear much of it, so I'm I'm yeah. assuming it didn't do a lot of money. But I, well, I I did hear someone say like they weren't. I'll look it up. And it's a good point. Like, who is the intended audience for this? I guess because it's kind of like a, all over the place. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I think it wasn't marketed right either, sort of. Like, I think they, like, it just wasn't, like, it really didn't, like, gear towards horror fans. And they didn't really gear it towards, like, it was kind of, like, in, in the in the middle there. So, I mean, yeah, I know they threw it towards Aquafina, but did it bomb? Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, probably kinda, won't see it. <laughs> they kind of geared it towards, um like, quirky humor. You know what I mean? Like, the voiceover, mm-hmm. like, handsome it's actor honestly- being quirky, you know? I thought the trailer was awful too. Like I remember watching the trailer and I was like, this looks terrible, but uh, give it a chance. <laughs> so we did a 65 million budget, which is probably, you know, closer to 90 million with all marketing. And it only pulled in $24 million worldwide. So that's a fucking no for anything. <laughs> but I could see this being the type of movie that like gets more popular after. 
because yeah. of people watching it now, like on VOD or watching it on the streaming service, and people are gonna be like, you know, this wasn't actually that bad, and maybe growing a life from there because that that does happen from time to time. It's not good for their numbers for or for a sequel, but I wouldn't be completely yeah. shocked if they did one. Plus, it went up against Evil Dead, right? Which was gonna always take the horror audience, you know. So. Yeah. Final rating. Yeah, I'm like I go back and forth, but. You know, overall, I had a really fun time watching this. I would watch it again. I think it's a great movie to watch with like a, gr- a group of people and just kind of laugh and enjoy the craziness of it. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. I-, I think it's deserved. I think when Nicolas Cage is on screen, it's pretty awesome. So and I-, I had most of the time I had a blast watching it. I'm I'm right there with you. You know, like it had more positives than negatives for me. And I agree that the Knicks were both excellent. They were both great in their roles. I really like when it was a horror movie, I was fucking in hundred percent. And then I kind of got lost with all the criminal shit. So three and a half out of five. Boys, we're going to have to stop agreeing like this. This is just going to get uh, boring it's, for it's our gonna, It's going to open a portal or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, three and a half as well. It's uh, it's a fun movie. You know, right now it's in my top five of the year and not, not saying much, but uh, I had fun watching it. And like I said before, at 90 minutes, it's an easy watch and something I could see myself watching again in the future. So that's as good of a compliment as I'm going to give something. I enjoyed it. It was fun. So I think people should check it out. All right. So you guys want to get into some questions? Yeah. No. Too bad. You can of ask course. us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or on our Discord, where really the greatest group of horror fans anywhere. And I you know, challenge anyone to find anywhere better. So a lot of Dracula slash Renfield slash Nicolas Cage questions this week. So thank you to everyone who sent them. First one, these are from Cody. What is everyone's favorite portrayal of Dracula? Um, I'm going, I'm going uh, Duncan Rhaegar from the Monster Squad. I fucking absolutely love that portrayal. I think it's one of the best ever put to screen. So shout out to him. Okay, very nice. Is Remind me, my lore is kind of loose with uh, Dracula. Is Max Streck considered Dracula for Nosferatu? Not really. No. Colin Orlock. Yes, yeah, oh, Colin Orlock. Okay. So got that's... it, got it, got it. Dummy. Oh, sorry, that's why I asked, okay? I, yeah, no one's really... I mean, Christopher Lee's awesome in the Hammer film, so, you know, I'll go with him. But, I mean, shoot, Cage is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I also agree with Christopher Lee. Uh, Bella Lugosi is probably the classic interpretation of the character, but Christopher Lee was kind of the first one I used to watch uh, because they'd play on TV once in a while, the the Hammer ones. I actually bought the Hammer pack recently, so I'm pretty psyched about revisiting a lot of that stuff. So I, I'd go Christopher Lee as well. The next one, favorite horror comedies. So he has to list a few of them. He said top five, but I won't do that to you guys. So just a few of your favorite horror comedies. I mean, Shaun of the Dead's probably the ultimate one, I would say, right? Most of us would agree. Also, Dead Alive, of course. I mean, those are probably my top two that I that immediately come to my head. Definitely a couple of good ones. I always answer the same uh, when we're asked this question, and I'm going to go with Freak Out, a, oh, let's see, early 2000s independent film out of uh, Great Britain, and it's about a couple horror fans that are like diehard horror fans, and then an escaped murderer mental patient. They capture him, kind of, and they train him to be a serial killer uh, based on their their uh their favorite horror movies but it's really fucking goofy so freak out i'm gonna go army of darkness i think that's my favorite uh 
horror comedy of all time. It's uh, I don't think it's like the funniest film, you know. I don't think it's like the best comedy wise, but it's probably my favorite that matches the two genres together. So, but all the ones you said are all great as well. So. For you to check out Freak Out if you can, because I know you like indies. Yeah, I'll put it on my list if I can find it. I will definitely check it out. Maybe I want to check it out too, Todd. No, God, he said well, me. I know. But <laughs> we have different yeah niches and stuff like that. I told you about Kill Her Goats because it's a goat title, Joe. Thank you. I haven't watched it. But Don't watch you. it. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next question is from Kate. Favorite Nicolas Cage movie. So I'm going to ask you a two-parter on this one. Favorite horror and favorite non-horror Nicolas Cage movie. Oh. There's, he's Tough got one. like 300 now because he does everything. He does a lot. <laughs> um, you know what? Broken Arrow what? is not He's not in that movie. <laughs> I was going to say, Broken Arrow. Was that? <laughs> That's Christian Slater. <laughs> John Travolta. John Travolta, yeah. Man, I fucking suck tonight. Or at least I did. <laughs> Which, Broken Arrow, I need to watch that. It sounds like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, I don't know, Joe? Um, I mean, Con Air for non-horror immediately comes to my mind. I mean, he's got a lot of good ones, though. As far as horror... Uh, I mean, Willie's Wonder, Willie's Wonderland is a great time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to Colorado Space. I think that movie, like, it's wild. Like the ending, especially, gets fucking crazy. Like if you're into uh, Lovecraftian type stuff, it's not a movie I don't think a lot of people seen. I feel like we covered it, but I can't remember. Or maybe we covered it like before Space. the Horror Squad. Yeah, we did. We, 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 no, we did. It. We did cover it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll give a shout out to that one. Okay. Con Air is obviously fucking amazing. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Kick-Ass. He plays like a Batman-esque character. And he's just fucking really good in it. Um, horror, just because it's fresh in my mind, I'm going to go Renfield because he's an amazing Dracula. Cool. Uh, non-horror for me would be The Rock because I like him and Sean Connery. I think it's a really like solid film. Uh, as far as horror goes, I would agree with Kate who asked the question. I would probably say Mandy. I, I had a lot of fun watching that one. It's very bloody, very uh, gory. I liked that a lot. And if it does count, I'm not sure. It's not super horror, but it does have to do with a vampire. Uh, Vampire's Kiss is one that I really enjoy as well. But, I mean, there's not much horror in it. It's just really him thinking he's a vampire. It's so. just vampires kissing. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all it is. It's a basically a vampire porno. <laughs> it's, uh, it's more, I guess, like horror adjacent, but it's pretty right. close. I... I uh, this is one I'm another one I'm going to suggest is a millimeter. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm not sure if it holds up, but I remember it being like very disturbing, like at the time when I watched it and stuff. So with the blue haired Joaquin Phoenix, it's uh, mm. lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's, it's a very good one. It's yeah, it's like kind of on a real side of horror. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a that's a good one for sure. And then Christmas movie suggestion: Nick Cage, Trapped in Paradise. I don't know if you've ever seen it. John mm-hmm. Lovitz, Dana Carvey. Give it a watch this Christmas season. I made Sam watch it last Christmas. Nice. All right. Uh, next one is from uh, the next series of uh, ones. Eric, when will Nicolas Cage get his horror icon status? You know, between this movie, Willie's Wonderland, Mom and Dad, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Bringing Out the Dead, we won't talk about The Wicker Man. <laughs> 
He has done a lot, but I think he's missing like a hit, like a massive hit. You know what I mean? He's he's done some stuff, but we're still. I think we're still waiting for that really big one. I think for him to get into icon status. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's an iconic actor, but you're right, not a horror iconic actor because he doesn't have that one like defining role that everyone's like, okay, that was amazing you know he just has a lot of sevens <laughs> yeah sevens out of ten which is does not make you a horror icon uh his next question what role would you like to see cage take on next great question i mean he i love that he's doing just like what he wants to do like right now like he's not afraid to take risks obviously so yeah i mean hey sky's the limit maybe nick cage is freddy krueger who knows <laughs> you heard it here first that'd be uh pretty legit i don't know man like he's i was just looking at his filmography and he was in the world trade center movie was which is a really strong performance from him so he's, he's got the chops man so i like him in more of the quiet serious roles like i didn't like willie's wonderland but i thought his portrayal of that character was really like muted and really like reserved and cool but then he does the renfield and he's insane over the top and it works too so whatever he wants to do We'll watch it. Okay, hear me out. Sequel to Renfield, where he plays all of the Universal monsters. Because in the totally. monster world, everyone looks like Nicolas Cage. God, <laughs> so he amazing. plays the mummy, he plays the wolfman, he plays the uh, gillman, plays them all. And it's just Nicolas Cage as each monster. I love it. Isn't there a theory he is a vampire? Isn't there yeah, like that's a picture? For, oh my God, like yeah. Nicolas there's, Cage there's an old and, ad like, tiny picture. Yeah. It's like basically <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Yeah. That's good times. All right, so Eric's last question. Who's a better actor, Nicolas Cage or Robert England? I mean, I'd go Cage for sure. I mean, we did, me and Steve were able to get an early screening of the Robert England documentary, and it definitely, I think, gave me a newfound respect, I think, for his roles like outside of Nightmare. But I've enjoyed more Nick Cage movies, I think, than I have Robert England movies. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, Robert England, horror icon, but better actor, definitely Nicolas Cage. I, I Again, I'll maintain that I don't think Robert England is that good of an actor. Uh, we're going to have a Robert England-themed episode in two weeks uh, as we discuss that documentary, and we're going to review a, a Robert England film, which we're still deciding about, uh, because we can't talk about it. It's on embargo till then. So it, it did give me a new appreciation for him, but if we're talking this question specifically, better actor, I think it's easily Nicolas Cage. Next question is from Evan. Most wanted Nicolas Cage sequel from, from his filmography. Ooh, that's a good question. I would love to see Willy's Wonderland too. <laughs> I just really like that movie. It was just so much fun. But realistically, I mean, I think Con Air 2 would be fucking awesome. I don't know what you could do with it. Get back on the plane? Yeah. He gets rearrested. I mean, if you could bring back like a lot of that cast, it would be so cool. Um, Let's not forget and, Steve Buscemi is like a wanted oh my child killer. Right. Yeah. yeah and they is. just let yeah. him walk and we're supposed to like him. I'm like, well, right. Come on, bud. He's, he's charming. That, that, that's that's yeah, what the, that no, was the he's not, he's not. I know. I know he's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danny Trejo Sorry. steals that movie, I think. He's, he's hilarious in that one. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I I don't know. Like I I keep hearing that they want to do a face-off sequel, 
And I think that could be really interesting because I thought him and Travolta played really well off each other. But if we're going, you know, because we're a horror podcast on the horror aspect of it, I agree with Willie's Wonderland. I think that character had a lot of potential to do some really cool stuff, just be a complete badass. Uh, I just want him to like to do different jobs. Like that's the whole, you know, kind of spin of that series. He's going to be like a line cook in the next one. Still doesn't speak, and you know something else like like Chuck E. Cheese or something, and then you know things go awry. So yeah, that'll be my pick for that one. I like it. Perfect. All right, moving on here, we have uh, Scott, Dr. Guts. What are your favorite non-Dracula vampire movies? I gotta go from Dust Till Dawn. I think it's my ultimate. I think it's the best vampire movie, like, pretty much ever put to screen. I fucking absolutely love that movie. So I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah, I'm going Near Dark, man. I love Near Dark. Mm. Lost Boys is good, too. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, Lost Boys. Yeah, those are my two. I'll go Fright, Fright Night. I, I really fucking love Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Oh, a... That's my second favorite 80s horror <laughs> movie. How did I forget that? <laughs> That's because it's not your night, Todd. Your... <laughs> Have you met the cast, Todd, of Fright Night? Have you met any of them? Yeah, I did Amanda Bierce, uh, Stephen Jeffries. Um, what's his name? Plays Jerry. Chris Randon. Chris Randon. And then um, Charlie Brewster. And, and Tom Holland, the director. So most of them. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, I only met Chris Randon, but I had him sign a Nightmare Before Christmas thing for that room. So, because he plays Jack Skellington, for those who don't know. Yeah. I, and I had him sign a Child's Play poster. So, oh, that, all go. three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it would be, yeah, Fright Night would be my top choice with Blade. I think I also, that's why I mentioned it before. I really dig that movie. Uh, last question. Also, the age old question vampires or werewolves? werewolves i'm gonna go away i mean they're just so much cool like they're so just so much cooler like it, it it's definitely a lot more inconvenience though because like you don't know when you're gonna turn you gotta go kind of gotta watch the uh the you know full moon reports i guess to see when you're gonna go vampires is like like what do i think is cooler a werewolf what would i rather be a vampire because you know you get immortality and you know, usually you're pretty like Rico Suave as a vampire and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, your skin becomes perfect complexion and all that shit. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with Joe. It's like cooler, it's grittier. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking werewolf. And then, like, you automatically think like dainty and small and kind of weak looking as a vampire. But then you have the the near dark vampires and the punk rock fucking vampires of Lost Boys. So, yeah, I agree with Joe. Cooler mm-hmm. to be a werewolf. But more practical be a vampire. And all the clothes you gotta go through as a werewolf. You're fucking constantly ripping them. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree for the basically the same reasons that you guys said. So definitely werewolf in that question. So the next series of questions are from Caleb. What's your favorite Dracula interpretation? Which we did kind of answer before. Uh, he says it might be a recently biased or the fact that he was born to play Dracula, but his is Nicolas Cage. What horror would you like to see Nicolas Cage in next? Be it a new idea or something like Renfield, it's a new spin on horror classic. So what would you say would be like, if, if you had to give Nicolas Cage, I know you said Freddy before, uh, is there another like franchise you'd like to see Nicolas Cage be added to? Saw. I want as, him to be as, one of John Kramer's, a... John Kramer's one of John Kramer's minions. He can be the the, the next John Kramer in training. We need one or just I mean if, if, if they 
if they want to keep the Insidious franchise going, maybe he can be the next Elise. Uh, he can be like a clairvoyant and he can come into that. Or let's bring him into the Exodus franchise and he can be like a priest exercising a demon. Would love to see that. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, actually. The, the Exorcist part. I like that a lot. Yeah, he would make a good, cool warrior priest alongside the, the TV versions of those two warrior priests we had in the season one of Exorcist. So, yeah, I'll borrow that. Okay, so here's my idea. Scream 7, they reveal the killer, and it's Nicolas Cage. But they don't set it up at all that he's in the movie. They don't put him in the marketing. They don't mention him at the beginning of the film. It's just all of a sudden you get to the last scene. You don't know who the killer is. He takes off the mask, and there it is. It's fucking Nicolas Cage. <laughs> But it's Nicolas Cage is Con Air and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes, with that long hair. Yeah, the long hair and the wife beater and put the bunny the in mask. The <laughs> put, the, put the mask down. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. All right. So favorite horror role we also answered. Loved him in Willy's Wonderland, he says. Okay, this one might be tough. Favorite line from his movies, excluding not the bees, not the bees. Thank you, squad. But most importantly, Thank you, Nicholas Cage. What's your favorite Cage line? I'm going to steal it from Joe uh, before he says it. Conair. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Are you going to say it? No, nah, I didn't even know it. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's mine. And that was from Willy's Wonderland. Thank you. <laughs> nice. That was perfect. I love it. We can't top that, so let's not even try. Right. All right, so thank you for the questions, Caleb. We go over to, this is Shaylin, little three-chord me. Do you think you would succeed at being a vampire? Hell yeah, I would. Sleep all day, party all night. It's fun to be a vampire. Nice. Lost boys. Yeah, you can mind control people. How are your worms, Michael? Just be a total prick like Keith or Sadler is in Lost Boys. I'm down. Let's do it. I It would Hell suck yeah. to like sleep in a fucking cave or something like that but if you got like money i think the key is you have to have money right to be comfortable and trust people to protect your ass during the day yeah i agree i think i'd make a great vampire you know live at night uh immortal so you're not really worrying about shit kill bad people yeah it'd be pretty cool and my neighbors already think i'm a vampire so it would work out perfectly if i uh met their expectations her her last question what would be your favorite and least favorite thing about being a vampire? Speaking of vampires, underrated gem, once bitten, Jim Carrey, if anyone's never seen it. It's a good oh, one. I haven't, okay. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't know if it holds up. 80s, it's like one of his really early, yeah. early roles, but it's a good one. Also, Vampires Lost Boys. Um, Kiefer Sutherland, I'm going to meet him coming up in August. He's doing, they're doing a Lost Boys reunion with Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, Billy Worth, and Alex Winter. And I think they might be bringing in more. So Sweet. I got the group. I got I got the photo op. I I got a Chinese food container box with worms in it for the photo. I, and I think I'm you gonna do the saxophone guy. You should cosplay. Ooh, his that's a good idea too. I was gonna get the wig and make it look like like David, like kind of <laughs> yeah. do like a David thing. So I don't know, but I do like the saxophone guy idea too. So maybe <laughs> like that would be kind of hilarious. Get one of get those like, like muscles. You suits. get the chains. Yeah, yeah that would be that'd be <laughs> fucking funny. Maybe I will do that. <laughs> All right, I lost my train. What was plus, the question plus, again? Pluses and minuses <laughs> for vampires. I think a big minus is like biting a, a dude's hairy, scruffy neck. That'd be fucking mm. gross. I think, the, yes, yeah. Sever does, says that in um, uh, Near Dark too. He's like, I hate when they're not shaven. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of gnarly. I didn't really think of that. 
I mean, I think just the thought of like having to kill innocent people. I mean, that kind of sucks, but you don't really have a choice. Like, I mean, because they don't seem to like animals. I know like certain ones try animals. Like even that, I'd be sad killing animals, but I think you'd rather kill an animal than an innocent person. So yeah, I think just that in general, having to go out and find someone, I guess you'd try to find the assholes, right? You kind of like go try to find the pedophiles and the murderers and do it that way. What was it? Who did that? There was like a movie we watched, I think recently where like they got yeah. out and did that. I don't I remember, remember which one it was, but it was definitely a, a yeah. plot point, something we watched pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. The, the fact that you always have to go out to feed, like there's no like break period, you know, you're kind of always hungry and always prowling the night it's, you know sometimes you want a night off and you you just want a snack at home you don't want to have to you want to uber eats you know unless they have a uber eats for vampires who knows maybe that's the thing so just eat the yeah. uber eats guy <laughs> right yeah if all fails right i guess that's that's what you could do yeah positives if you're one of the vampires that like super strong that's pretty cool or su- super sexy oh. yeah absolutely mind control yeah, yeah. see me flying see me yeah I, I most fly do i guess yeah the transform that you can like transform into a bat like, that's yeah exactly cool. yeah <laughs> i mean nicholas cage was like flying without being a yeah. bat just... he turned it he turned into like 50 different bats though that was yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty cool <laughs> uh all right next question is from jackie what is the appeal of nicholas cage i mean it's a good question like honestly i don't know i think he's just likable you know, at the end of the day, I, I think he's just this type of guy you root for. And like I said, I think he's not afraid to take risks. Yeah, he gives it he gives it his all. Pretty much everything. Yeah, to me, it's that he could be anything. He could be really wild and out of like crazy character, but he could also be a muted and actually good actor. Like, you know, we talked about like a movie we didn't mention yet, a pig. He, he does a his great performance in that movie. Very muted, very kind of like just a good actor. You know, so you never know what you're going to get with Nicolas Cage, but you could get it all. And I think that's what is the appeal. He has like almost more range than anyone. You know, it's just, it's great. I mean, people want his crazy character because that's kind of what the meme of him is at this point. But he can also put out put forth some like really, really solid uh, acting. All right. So two more questions before we finish the segment. Next one is from Creature. Who's a better sidekick? Igor, Young Frankenstein, or Renfield, Igor, for sure. Igor. I think it. I think it. Filmography in general, Igor. Yeah, Igor. I agree. Although Renfield, you don't see Renfield, he's bugs. So, so that was cool. Yeah, you, know, you just yeah, you just don't see Renfield a lot, like in mm. filmography, as you do Igor. Igor's like timeless, right? He's got yeah. You you know you know you say that name, you know, I'm actually have the picture in your mind. So let's go, Igor. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Igor. I mean, if it's this particular Renfield, having someone that powerful helping you could maybe be a benefit. Uh, but I think in general, Igor would be a better pick for uh, an assistant. Uh, and finally, last question of the night from Patty. Uh, she asks, what's your favorite vampire flick movie or TV show? Since we already answered movie, let's go TV show. I think it's obvious, but maybe it's not what we do in the shadows well we do i can't even really think of like another one oh, like i know they did they're, they're just, till dawn those true blood and there's that other true one blood. i never watched vampire diaries yeah i never watched any of those i think true, the only true one Blood's i really pretty, watched is pretty good vampire diaries very popular yeah. yeah did you guys watch the from dust till dawn tv show i never really gave it a shot a fair no. shot 
I saw the movies, yeah. but I never watched the show. Yeah. Yeah, I think what we do in the shot shadows, which the new season coming out pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they announced this summer, so. Nice. Yeah, hopefully it's a little bit like it's. It, let's face it, it's it's going a little bit downhill. It is. <laughs> I, I yeah. Think. Uh, the sure. first two seasons were amazing. The, the last two mm. were not as good. So who knows? We'll right. see uh, how it goes. Mm-hmm. So that is all the questions we have this week. Thank you very much to everybody who asked them. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for this week's episode. We thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our review of Renfield. Next week, stay tuned. We are going to be reviewing The Pope's Exorcist, which movie club this Saturday night. Correct, Steve? Yep. All right, awesome. So Movie Club this Saturday night, if you would like to watch along, we are going to be doing The Pope's Exorcist uh, this Saturday. So if you'd like to do that, you can join our Discord. The best way to join our Discord is find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search the Horror Squad Podcast. Send us a DM, and you can get into the Discord. It is the absolute best way to keep up with us. Uh, Next week, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Steve and I... Maybe Todd? Question marks. We'll be there. Um, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, if you want to come hang out, come see us at Texas Frightmare Weekend. That is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there'll be some other listeners there. We're going to be doing a little meetup, hangout, go out to lunch, stuff like that. So uh, join the Discord. That is the best way to keep up with that as well. Also, email the Horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us that way. We have merch, tpublic.com backslash the Horror Squad Podcast. And leave us a review if you haven't yet on any, uh, wherever you review your podcasts. And I think that's it. So we'll see you guys next week for The Pope's Exorcist. And stick around for the interview with Scott Goldberg. Enjoy. See ya. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we have a special guest. He is the writer and director of the upcoming film, The Forest Hills. Scott Goldberg. Scott, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, can you tell us a little about the Forest Hills, uh, kind of the story and how it came to be? Sure. So we had a film uh, with the same name, a script uh, that we were going to do in, uh, in, in, I think it was, um, yeah, in the area of Detroit, Michigan. And unfortunately, one of the producer that we were, you know, in discussions with, I uh, was getting a lot of red flags. Um, it was originally like a $20,000 production. Um, and the guy said he could do it. And I have a, my friend Elliot who who invested the money and uh, was interested. And after we got all these just different, unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, red flags, we just said, you know what, let's let's just cancel the situation and, um, and, and move it to New York. Uh, coincidentally enough, after we did that, uh, we got a bill for like fifteen hundred for like location scouting and all this other stuff, and basically got I, I forget the where um like when you're threatened to pay up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, so so we kind of made the right decision, I think, that based on um, the fact that I didn't get an agreement prior, and you know I was trying to get like uh, the contract, and it wasn't being sent to three three weeks before, and just all this other red all these red flags so anyway uh fast forward uh you know a couple days i wrote this i said you know what let's move the production from detroit michigan to the catskills and we kind of just yeah then um i made a story around a cabin and my friend chico mendez who plays the role of rico in the film and just kind of started from there the idea of him running through the woods uh naked uh which he's 
wearing underwear in the film but uh right <laughs> uh, you know and just yeah basically that's where we started from uh and kind of just had that idea in my head and that's kind of you know where we uh, we wanted to um you know push this film to you know make it make it something that was uh we felt was much um stronger than the than the original idea which was a totally different concept okay yeah. Uh, so the first time I heard about this film was when it was announced that Shelley Duvall was making her film return after a 20 year absence. Uh, how did that come all, all come about and how was it working with such a film icon? Yeah, no, she was great. Uh, I mean, everyone I work, cast in the film, we had Kevin Tompkins, who is a casting agent. He like cast like all the other roles, you know, um, but like Shelley Duvall, Dee Wallace, Edward Furlong, you know, Felissa Rose is all people who I who, you know, you as well, I'm sure, yeah. and other people you know, love, you know, we, 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 uh, we watched their films and in the eighties and, and whatnot. So, um, Shelly was the same, just like everyone else. Um, big fan, obviously, as many people are of the shining. And, um, you know, I, I found her information through someone online. It was like a website where I looked up, tried to find her number, found her information, uh, contacted, um, the person who knew her and then from there uh was connected with shelly and then from there it was kind of like a grind uh gr i don't know if it was right term or not grinding teeth trying to get her to say yes because it was the element of hey would it be here this day can you do it like mm -hmm. it had it had to end up where it was like there was that possibility where it wasn't going to work out so the first day we shot with her um kind of like a pamela Voorhees type thing where she you know, we're like in like Friday 13th part one or two, like where she's talking to to Jason and it's in his head, you know, kind of mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And she said after that, she said, you know, I really wish that we had I had someone that I can actually uh, work alongside with. So I said, OK, cool. So we wrote other scenes and other sequences. And from there, you know, filmed about four different days with her. And it was minimal filming, you know, like it wasn't like, you know, eight hour days. It's like one or two hours. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, just happy to have her. Uh, in the film yeah yeah for sure and you mentioned some of the other uh, iconic actors in this edward furlong d wallace uh, phyllis arose which are all iconic to the horror genre um so how was it working with them and just uh, the mood on like set for those days yeah so so i mean d wallace is very uh i would say very professional as far as like you have to have your you know stuff together like um I think we had the wrong sides, <laughs> you know, there was, like right. there was you know, independent films, things fall apart. Like, so like the trailer, you know, uh, the person who was supposed to have the trailer for D Wallace and Edward Furlong that fell through. And Edward was really chill about it. You know, like we, you know, he was hanging out with the cast and crew and stuff mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And we had laughs, but D Wallace was more like she's coming in, either you have your stuff together or you don't. Um, for some reason we didn't have the same, the right side. So, uh you know um but she knew her lines and so did uh so did rico uh mm -hmm. who she had the scenes with so she plays like a restaurant manager right. who uh who uh who fires rico and stuff so she's very minimal in the film as far as that you know a bunch mm -hmm. of different scenes but she was great i love her and you know obviously grew up on et as we all did and right. things like that um you know the we love the howling cujo so uh some people like critters right um yeah. so 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 we uh yeah so she was good to work with um uh it's funny my alex Leba, who's one of my um he came out to video some of the stuff he's like a youtuber he went up to d wallace recently and said oh i loved you in uh i loved you in uh the forest hills and she's like really i was in it for fucking three minutes <laughs> <laughs> 
thought that was pretty funny, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, no. So you know, like we had people come in and 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 they were like, you know, Edward Furlong came in, I think, for four days, and you know, I was that was really nice to work with him because he's like, you know, just uh, you know, great professional, no issues. Um, either with D, no issues. Um, Felissa Rose was sweet. Uh, Felissa Rose was one of those um FaceTime directed stuff. Like, so I was in New York. So I have like a three and a half year old daughter. So I was in New York yeah. and had to take care of some stuff. So, you know, with the Shelly Duvall stuff and Felissa Rose, anything that took place out of New York, you know, aside from me traveling like to, you know, uh, Alabama or, uh, or, um, Atlanta recently through train, you know, I was unable to get out there for, for Shelly stuff in Texas. So, um, but I was able to direct her through FaceTime. So, and, uh, she talks about that in her interviews and stuff and found that very, uh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. And yeah, one, great, great great. Uh, one more actor that I have to ask about because he is wild in this movie and I love his performance. And that's Chico Mendez as Rico. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that how you always pictured that character? And how did you come up with this character, Rico? Because it's it's a trip. Oh, cool, man. You know, Chico, uh, I've known him for 19 years or so. I mean, he originally uh, we originally met through craigslist ad where i needed a zombie victim in my uh, short film the night he came back so he uh him and i've been working together all these years on and off and uh you know when that situation happened in detroit uh and it all fell apart um where we had to switch everything to new york you know uh, i wanted to cast him in the detroit one as one of the one of the actors uh but the um the the producer didn't want him this is not the producer work we worked on this project but he didn't he didn't want him uh cuz he didn't think he was like uh you know on par with um you know be, being on the same team about stuff cuz you know the producer wanted to do like some weird stuff as far as like uh you know just things that just weren't kosher mm-hmm. uh as far as casting and things so but uh, but I've known Chico for years, and he and I have worked together. And yeah, it was just I wrote the script for him because I know his what he can do and what he can't do. He can do pretty much everything. Um, and he grew up like in the mountains of the Dominican Republic, and you know would act as like a seven year old before he even knew what acting was. So he you know you know came to the United States, and you know he just loves singing and, and acting and stuff like that. So yeah, so I've known Chico for years. We worked together quite a bit. Yeah, he's great great in this like really a killer performance um so what are some of the horror films that inspired you to make the forest hills well i mean i'm a fan of horror films in general i guess uh to inspired to make it i mean as far as tonality um i love romero like day of the dead um mm-hmm. john carpenter with halloween um i love halloween three season of witch because it did something different um creep show two i love because it's like dark uh, dreary skies and like you know Bangor, Maine, um, you know stuff like that. Um, Dawn of the Dead, the original, like with the like the January uh, uh, dreary winter skies, like when they're shooting, like when they're shooting the zombies up on the hill right. near the tree. Um, so like I, you know, I love stuff like that, and uh, you know, I think some people felt some of the film was funny, which I would guess would not to like Romero, I guess, because I love Romero, and sometimes you know Romero has those little comedic moments, but um, right. but. People love like the peanut butter scene. People were <laughs> laughing. <laughs> um, so yeah, stuff like that, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as like you know, I, as far as like things, ideas behind this. Um, yeah, I think it was pretty original as far as like kind of what the story was. Just having about a guy who loses his mind in like the cabin in the middle of nowhere kind of thing, and 
the original idea, I guess, was also like having like a werewolf sit with him across on the couch as he's like, you know, just sitting there and you just see like a big werewolf just like sitting across from him, like on the couch. But the whole, the, the concept of like the therapist was always there. The concept of him coming alone to a farmhouse or a cabin was always there. The concept of him running through the woods naked, bloody, and, uh, you know, with a dead victim uh, by his side was, was always there. So those elements were always there and it changed slightly as it went along and kind of just, I kind of started with those ideas and just kind of wrote, well, how do we fill this in or how can we add to this and this? So even right now we're doing some reshoot stuff um, after it's been released for like festivals and things. Uh, we have like a bunch of like intensity stuff, like a chase between two characters, which involves one of the character involves Rico hmm. um, in like an abandoned steel mill, uh, a death scene by like a chain, rusty old chain choking someone. I mean, like we got like a lot of crazy stuff that we're adding family being murdered by like a Bowie knife, you know, so all these different things that I, you know, and just like, just horrific stuff that I think that we kind of missed out on, on the original production. Cause you know, when you're doing independent film, you're so focused on, okay, we got to get this scene done, this scene done, this scene done. And then when we were done with it, we're like, Oh shit, it's like a drama, <laughs> you know, cause you're focused on trying to make a movie in the realm of um, being a serious film, a dark film. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, well, where's the horror? And when you don't have a budget for like blood and gore, you got to rely on things like, you know, knives and hammers and just using fake blood, you know, so right. to be able to expand on that now to a degree, um, I think was was very important can definitely add more for once people see future edits of the film. So uh, the reshoots, is that something that you kind of always wanted to do because of the limitations the first time? Or is that something coming from audience feedback as you're showing it through festivals? It's something that we have to do for streamers because I have an agent and the agent said, you know, you got to add horror. Otherwise, it's not going to sell. <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things. Um, you know, I made an art house film. I made like a I feel like I made a film that is for this for what it is now. I made a film that is for horror fans straight up, like meaning. If I was a horror fan, this is the type of film I like to see. Granted, with a limited budget of not being able to utilize, you know, the the funds, uh, not having the funds for money, um, this is the type of film I would have done. A slow burn Kubrick type of film where it slowly moves along and all of a sudden you you get hit with the horror and the realization of how Rico was played and and how he just was completely abused by people who he thought was his friends. And the horror in that feels more important than horror of like a werewolf and trying to emulate some sort of cheesy, low budget uh, werewolf film, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, just expanding on this now and just kind of um, now making it, making it less of an art house film, more of a sellable product. That's something I definitely learned with the process of making this movie is, is, is now um, creating something that, can be sellable i still feel it's sellable but and there is interest but the interest to make the money and make a lot of money is relies on horror and making it less of a drama so those are the things you learn as a filmmaker you move through and kind of navigate and see uh, you know how to best um protect and uh get your investor's budget that they put in as well as mine to, to make sense and profit, you know? So it's all about that. I think a lot of independent filmmakers might not um, 
think about that profit aspect, you know, so um, we make a lot of movies and and we do on our own dime and most of the time it doesn't get picked up. So, um, you know, it, it really depends, you know, so um, yeah, just a process, you know, and you learn as you go along. So. Absolutely. Um, so what is, uh, can you talk about your next project a little bit? Is horror something you'd like to continue doing? Yeah, I have a, so Jeff, um, Whitehead from the George Romero Foundation and I wrote a script called With Teeth. It's a serial killer vampire film, kind of a nod to Martin, uh, obviously. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 done in a way where it's like really dark. Um, takes place on Halloween over a two year period, serial killings and just this uh, like a detective. It's like kind of like a detective story. Um, but that's one of them. I mean, I have other projects that I have like pitch decks for. So if the Forest Hills goes well, you know, there's obviously options. I have a film, I have a deck, pitch deck, and an idea called Montauk by the mother and son um, who uh, who escape an abusive relationship um, and settle into Montauk and you know mind control experiments and the whole Montauk project kind of is a faint backstory within those things. It takes place like in like the late '80s, early '90s. Um, also a project called the three, which is like an underground day of the dead type of film with scientists and human replicas and just kind of, you know, just, um, and now as we get obviously closer to AI, it kind of becomes more interesting, right? Like <laughs> when yeah, now that we sure. have like, this scary situation of, uh, AI and what the hell it could potentially bring. I mean, that's re I mean, that's more scary than any horror movie I think at this point too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so, stuff, so stuff like, yeah, so stuff like that, uh, I have, and, Another one called the Forest Hills, which is, um, which is a story about like kind of like an urban legend, kind of like this old, um, washed up actor who helps to befriends this young wannabe filmmaker who lives in her basement, and she's like kind of like a loner slash loser, and she, uh, you know, her mother's abusive and stuff, and so, uh, and and she wants to be something, she wants to be famous, and because of this washed up actor, he, you know. It, befriends her and there's just all this stuff that she goes through and these things she sees and horror and so it takes place as they venture into like you know the woods so it's kind of like a little bit Blair Witch nod to the Blair Witch project but you know definitely different as far as uh the story to a degree awesome so where uh, can people follow this film as it's going through the festival process and where can people see it next sure instagram.com uh Scott Goldberg official is my uh, username um I guess next you know, we have, I, I submitted to like a bunch of festivals on like free film freeway. So as soon as those got announced, a lot of these festivals, I'm going to be posting it on my Instagram. So, you know, people will check that out. I think this is the latest one. Salem was the latest one. Salem Horror Fest. I think there might be a couple other ones potentially coming up, but um, we submitted to quite a bit, like over 25 so far, you know, um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see as as it as it progresses and stuff, and and see kind of where it goes from there, and you know we're excited about it. Yeah, awesome. So Scott, thank you very much for taking the time to come on our show. Uh, people can check out the Forest Hills and the festival, hopefully near you. Thank you very much, Scott. We really appreciate it.
What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah!